Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Caleb Fender Show, or whatever we decide to call this. My name is Caleb Fender, and here we go. So, quick context for this. This is the very first episode, the very first thing I've ever done, long-form podcast. And it's currently being recorded in the middle of a small town in eastern Oregon where there's this great co-working space. So if you hear people out in the background, that's just the space that I'm in right now. But let's get into this. This is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this. And yeah, let's see how this goes. I wrote down some notes. just going to go through these and talk because at the stage that I'm in right now, I think there's a lot of things that I'm thinking about and processing that I bet a lot of other people are. Once I hit tens of millions of dollars and more than that, it may become a lot harder for me to be able to relate with people. But at the point that I'm at right now, I feel like I'm at a very relatable stage in my personal development journey and everything like that. So let's get started. The number one thing that I want to talk about is, as I know most people that will watch this the first time it comes out, maybe as I get bigger and bigger, more people will watch this that aren't my friends, but most people that will watch this are my friends and family. So the first thing I want to talk about is my goals in life are very, very different than a lot of people's. And I don't think people in general get that because I can't act the same way as everyone else and get a different outcome. And there's been a lot of conflict, let's say, with people, family members, etc., when I don't want to do normal things. Or everyone's like, be normal, have fun. Like, y'all can have fun however you guys want, but I'm having fun working. I'm having fun learning. I'm having fun doing things that aren't just going off and hanging out with friends. Like, sure, that's fun and it has its place and it's a great opportunity but at the same time, there's way more other ways to have fun. If you have fun in that way, go have fun that way. But for me, I don't have fun that way. I, I do have fun that way. But I can get more fun by doing other types of things. I'm not just restricted to doing that one form of having fun. By going off to music festivals, by going to amusement parks, by hanging out with friends, watching movies, sure. All that is fun. But at the same time, there's so much more to having fun than just seeking pleasure. And that's something I feel like our culture is completely misscrewed is they've taken pleasure and happiness and put it into one thing. When it, in reality, happiness can be attained through pain, through struggle, and the knowing that you've done something great, that you've left a legacy, that you will do things and have done things that your family will look back on and be proud of, that you'll be able to look back on and be proud of, and not just, oh yeah, I went and had fun and was happy because I went and watched a movie with my friends. I'd much rather work on building a life for myself and my future family. One thing that people don't really get is how much the role of my future family plays into everything. Because if I'm being honest, I'm kind of like, I'm constantly thinking about, my future family, my future wife, who, I don't know who that's going to be. 
I don't know. But I want to work as hard as I can in this moment to create as much of a good life for them, for my time with them. Because right now, I'm probably not going to know almost anyone. I know right now in the future. So I have to act differently so I can build a life for my family, for my children, and for my wife, etc. So, number one, I have to act differently. And this is supposed to mean I have not been acting that differently for that long. And it goes in spurts. But this summer is changing a lot of things, changing a lot of behaviors, and it's feeling amazing so far. Another thing that I've changed recently that I feel like a lot of people can't is I started, okay, how's all this? So for a long time, I thought that most Christian guys, there wasn't any Christian entrepreneurs that were very, very successful. And they weren't, because... When you look at success and stuff like that, you don't really see a lot of Christians in the top 1%, or at least ones that are open about it. And for me, my goal is the top 1%. That's my one of my goals. But there's a lot of other things, and like that necessarily isn't the goal. I don't know. I've just had that arbitrary goal for forever, so we'll see. But... I didn't see any Christian guys in the top percent. But then as I delved deeper, I found that there is so much wisdom in the Proverbs especially. I started reading through the Proverbs a lot, especially from 10 and on. And before that's great, but like 10 and on is like distilled nuggets of wisdom. And there's quite a few there. Let's just read uh, one right now. I think it's Proverbs 10. Yeah, Proverbs 10. 23 doing wrong is like a joke to a fool but the pleasure but the but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding this is one thing that i feel massively convicted by because me and a lot of my friends and people like that sorry people outside i feel massively convicted by this proverb because a lot of my friends and i like we would joke around and not talk about the best types of things we would wrongdoing and not really trying our best would be kind of a joke it'd be fun and that's one thing that i feel like our culture's got so messed up is that you think it's bad to be a try hard you need to try hard at everything like people try to me like oh you're just a try hard why aren't you trying hard that's one thing that i've had a massive realization like People laugh at so many dumb, stupid things. But, as the Bible says, wisdom is pleasure for a man of understanding. And my goal is for wisdom and learning and things like that. That is where I get the most sense of fulfillment and pleasure. And that's just one of hundreds of Proverbs. And it, there's a huge emphasis on being righteous in the Proverbs. And that God will bless the righteous in the end. And integrity is a huge part. And another one that's, another attribute that's huge is not talking a lot, but being more silent. Because in a multitude of words, there is many follies, but in silence and listening and understanding and heeding instruction, there is much wisdom. And that leads me into another thing. I think all teenagers go through this, and I am 
just like everyone else, at, to the point that I completely disregarded everything my parents had taught me and had said. I thought of them as useless. They didn't understand what I was going through. They didn't understand the way I think and my goals. But as soon as I started talking to them and started opening up to them like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. These are the struggles I'm going through. Things got a lot better. Now I'm working with them. I'm planning on how I can, instead of trying to isolate myself the entire time to go work on my goals alone, now it's gotten to the point where I'm there. I'm talking with them. They're helping me through my goals. They're helping me think through them and keep me accountable to them. Things have gotten so much better since I let my parents back into my life. So if you're a kid and are still like trying to cut out your parents, just stop. Even though they may not know your end goal, they may not have your end desire, letting them in to help is such a benefit. And the Bible completely backs that up. Ah, can't tell, I've been going back to the Bible, but spend a lot more time praying and reading. It, it's, it's been really good. Okay, that was two of like 10 things. Okay, let's do this. Um, another thing that I did recently is over the past few days, I've written out 101 goals. Actually, I think I'm not quite done with that yet. I'm not, I still have like 10 or 20 left, something. Yeah, 20 left. I realized after I wrote down like five to 10, I was like, if I just had all of those things, just the first five or 10, my life would be so good. So that's the point where like, by the time I reached like 30, I was just like, uh, I don't know what I want to put on. Like it was crazy to think of how simple and how little it actually take to be happy. Like it's, crazy we think we need so much but then when you actually think about it what you want in your goals you start to realize that wait i don't actually need that much to be happy and i found a lot for me a lot of them lay in relationships and family and children spouse legacy helping others and employing people because i think uh, another weird side tangent I think that there is a huge, hmm, I think there's a huge disservice to business when a business only considers the good they're doing by what they're donating, by what they're giving to charity and stuff like that. When you think about it, that business right there, let's take Starbucks, for example. Starbucks every single year puts out like our giving back and how they're helping the community by giving back. What they should do instead is, here's the thing. They're employing thousands, if not 10,000s of people, giving them jobs that they can help and secure their family. I think there's such a nobility in providing jobs for people, for giving a service to people that people want, that is neglected in our age, like, oh, capitalism bad. Like, no, capitalism isn't bad. If it wasn't for capitalists, where would you get your jobs? And there's just that nobility in actually working and creating jobs for others that I feel is completely lacking in today's society and culture. We look on the capitalist as the big bad guy when, here's the thing, the big bad guy, yeah, he can get money for a while, but he can't keep it long because eventually you've scammed enough people that no one will trust you. In a way, you have to be doing good things and be doing good for people to continue to succeed. Of course, we get all of our, those scam artists that are one-stop shop and they're done. And of course, I'm not condoning every single person saying, oh, they're all good. But I think in general, 
we too overgeneralize and Hollywood and culture overgeneralize the evilness of businessmen. That is a fantastic little side tangent there. Okay. Yeah. So another thing that I have been thinking quite a lot about is the role masculine, feminine, and being a gentleman in today's age. Because it's something that there's such a cliche around. It's so hard because people just being a gentleman, opening a door, being nice to a person, like being a classic gentleman is looked on as you're being a simp now today by the greater culture. And that's not true. And I think there's just a lack of respect that's taught from the very beginning in our culture. Uh, I was watching this video on Japan and some of the things that the children there are raised on. And it's very interesting because I saw this drill they were doing in school, which was, was they had a fake school, like a fake bus for everyone to get onto. And there was these children and they were role playing. There was one driving the bus, all fun. And then there was, everyone had different seats they were sitting in. And then they had uh, one of the kids pretending to be an old man. And instantly, a young, a young kid, a young male, he stood up and gave the seat to the old man and stood there pretending to hold on to the anchor in the bus. Then a pregnant woman came on. Another young man did it again and again and again. It's that that is lacking in our culture. People are so selfish. And so they want everything for themselves but aren't willing to give it up for anyone else. And there's something about raising your children in that way to be respectful, to carry out those just very decent things that is so, so lacking today. Everything from opening doors to even on like in relationships, like I haven't really been in any, but just there's so many etiquette things that our culture is so lacking. I'm starting to go back and starting to read etiquette books, starting to read manners books, just start to try to figure out how can I be a gentleman? Because being a gentleman and a simp is two very different things, and those two things are way too often confused. Okay. Going off of what I said earlier in Proverbs, there's something that I've been thinking a lot about. Where... In a multitude of words, there is much folly. But in choice words, and chosen very distinctly, there is great wisdom, and there is righteousness. In too many words, a lot of things can go wrong. But it's so interesting because of the content world we live in. I think that in this beginning stages, I'm just going, I can be very relatable to a lot of people, and I may be able to help other people with issues they're thinking about. Also, other side tangent, I think that our world works on a parabola. I've had this idea, I don't know if this is actually how the world works, but I have this idea that what happens is we go so far extreme one way that the pendulum swings back to the other extreme. If not, to the, it goes through the center and all the way back to the other extreme. I'll use an example for this. COVID, there were all the lockdowns, and we swung so far to an extreme. The only voices that were being heard was these doctors that were saying we need the vaccine and politicians, etc. It was very, very specific. And then 
on the exact opposite side of the pendulum, we had people like Andrew Tate, where what he originally blew up for was him just roasting the COVID lockdowns, that he was there just like spouting like how much nonsense they were. They do hours and hours of podcasts on how stupid it all was. But what happened was we swung so far to the politicians that what happened is then we swung right back over to the other extreme. And I think we're going to have a very similar thing with another like revival. I think there is probably another spiritual revival coming. It's either that or a war. And then there's either, I think with the entirety of the over-sexualization of everything, I think that that is probably going to swing back to the more traditional views. I hope. That's what I hope will happen. If it'll happen, I can't read the future. No one can. We'll see. But going back to the sharing, I want to share because I think it can help people. But at the same time, when it comes to in-person conversations and talking with people, I don't want to overshare or share as much anymore. If a person's interested, yes, I will. But I think there's so much more wisdom in asking questions, in finding out more about them than just talking about what's in your brain. Because when you're talking, you're not learning anything. You're just putting information out there. And I think social media is there to help make your ideas and spread them. Spread them across more and more people. That's one of the purposes, I think, of social media. So that's going to be using social media. is going to be a place where I share and talk and talk and talk and listen to people's feedback. But then in person, I'm going to be trying to tone down the amount I talk. Because I really think that I can learn so much more from the people around me than I am right now. And I just need to figure out how. Okay. Let's move into some things I've experimented with. If you can't tell, right now I'm actually... Here, I'll show you this. Right now I'm in shorts, a t-shirt, and a sports coat. So you may be wondering why I'm in a sports coat with those two things. There is something that I think... I keep on saying there's something that I think. I need to change it in my vocabulary to have a little bit more of a diverse. That's another thing I need to work on, which is vocabulary increase and using words and not repeating phrases over and over again. Once again, thank you, Mom, for catching me all those times I repeat phrases again and again and again. Here we go. Our culture has swung so far to the extreme of everyone wants to wear sweats and a hoodie to work every single day. If you look at the parents and the kids, they look very, very similar in the way they dress day to day. And I think there's going to be a complete switch to that eventually. If not a complete switch, there's going to be, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with a complete switch, but here we go. With the way you dress affects the way you think. Yes, people are addicted to comfort these days. People are addicted to, hey, I like wearing this, so I'm going to wear this. And they have no respect for making a first impression. And wearing a sports jacket, wearing something nicer, instantly puts you higher up in someone's esteem than anything else. And it also has a huge effect on how your brain actually thinks. Whenever I'm in sweats and a t-shirt and hoodie or whatever it is, I'm far more likely to break good habits and do bad habits. I'll, I'll eat more sugar. I'll not exercise. I'll watch more TV with my family, etc. But then as soon as I throw on a button-up shirt 
sports jacket or suit or anything like that, instantly I change. Instantly the way I think changes, instantly what I'm doing changes, my behavior, everything. Changing your clothing is by far the fastest way to change your behavior because your mind shifts. It's like, okay, here we go. We're going into a new mode. My school, for example, they have uniforms where it's quite formal in its attire. And the students behave completely differently in school. Of course, we're in school, so that may change something. But they act differently than when they're in a hoodie with the same group of people. What you wear affects how you act. So if you want to change how you act, change what you wear to start wearing the clothes that the person you want to wears. Very simple. Another thing of how things around you, that you're in your environment, clothing, etc., affect you. Music. I found music affects the way my brain thinks so much. If I'm listening to more rap, pop, etc., electronic, my brain works completely differently and it prioritizes things completely differently. And if I'm listening to rap and pop, etc., I'm much more less focused. I am much more driven by my impulses. But when I listen to classical music and like very inspiring soundtracks and music like that, let's say, instantly my brain becomes so much more in tune. Also, side note, the best album to listen to for almost anything I've found is Pride and Prejudice. I love that music so much. Pride and Prejudice, I listen to it as I fall asleep often, Pride and Prejudice and Gladiator. But I listen to Pride and Prejudice as I fall asleep, as I'm thinking, as I'm working. It is just such calming music that helps your brain stay calm. It's incredible. Go listen to Pride and Prejudice music if you can. Okay, moving on. Let's talk about the biggest trap I think a lot of people fall for and I fell for myself waiting for the right add anything in. I had this idea that I was waiting for the moment for everything to flip, the moment for my life to start changing and it was gonna be some big spectacular thing. But in fact, what actually needed to happen is just I need to see every single tiny, tiny percentage increase I can do to increase the quality of my life, the quality of my output of work, the quality of the way I think, the quality of my relationships. It's the tiny little steps you take day by day that affect everything. And that is something that I neglected for so long. I was waiting for the big inspirational moment. I was waiting for, that sounds weird, I was waiting for like the breakup with someone that was just gonna like turbocharge my productivity. Weird, I know. The internet does stuff to your brain. But you have to prioritize the little things, I found. And as soon as I started focusing on the little things, things started to improve so much more until eventually you like wake up. This hasn't happened to me yet because I'm still just going at this, guys. But to the point that you wake up and things start to get better and better and you wake up all of a sudden like, whoa, I'm completely different than I was three months ago, six months ago, a year ago. Well, I am, but yeah, it's watch the little things. I don't need some big moment where I'm like, you know what, today I'm going to change everything. And then I go to the gym, somehow walk out of there, uh, lost uh, five pounds of fat and gained 
10, 20 pounds of muscle and then walk out, instantly sign a client for a business on like a $20,000 a month retainer, et cetera. Like, that's not going to happen. That never will happen. If it does, let me know. Like, I want to know what you're doing. <laughs> but that doesn't happen. You need to work on the little steps again and again and again. Next thing is directly off of that. I have been terrified of not knowing what to do. I am an overanalyzer, and this is something that I, that helped me get out of this trap of overanalyzing and not actually getting stuff done. It's quite simple. Do stuff afraid. Do stuff afraid. For so long, I was thought, I need the perfect workout plan to go to the gym. No, I just got a gym membership, and I still have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm doing something. I thought you need a perfect plan for how to talk to this person. No, just go up. Get used to rejection. It's the fear of failure and the fear of not knowing what to do. Just go do it. What can happen? Every single time you go and do something, it's like you're playing with... Let's imagine you had a poker table and you have infinite chips. What you do is you just continue playing. You continue going until you win and win and win. But what happens in life is it's the exact same way. Going up and talking to a person, that's not some like, oh, now that I've talked to this person, I can't go up and talk to anyone else. No, you can do it again. Oh, I've reached out to this person for a potential client. No, you can go do it again. It doesn't matter how many times you fail or how many times you get rejected. This leads me to another absolutely random thing. Leonardo DiCaprio makes friends something. Leonardo DiCaprio makes friends in a way very, very differently than everyone else. There's a story that he and his mom were driving down this road and he yells, stop, stop, stop the car. And she stopped the car. He got out and ran across the street. And he ran, he saw a little boy, a boy there about his age. He was a teenager, I think. He ran over and was like, hey. Your name's Tom, right? He said, yeah. Oh, yeah, we go to the theater together. We practice there, uh, acting. And they're like, you know what? We're going to be friends. Let's go get ice cream. So they left and went and got ice cream. And that is how Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom, why am I forgetting his name? He's from Spider-Man. Uh, but those two famous actors, that's how they met. You can't be laid back. Too many people want someone to choose them want someone to go and latch onto them and show them the way. When, how do Leonardo DiCaprio and a lot of like the top performers in the entire world, they go and initiate. They go out and be like, hey, we're going to be friends. Let's go do something together. It's completely different. People want to be chosen. chosen. There is this age-old saying in sales that people are quietly desperate to be led. And it's another way is, People are born and then walk around with their umbilical cords still wanting to attach to someone else. That's a little bit more graphic image for you, but yes, people want to be led. I found this in myself. I don't want to be the person to go out and do something for the first time. I don't want to be that first contact. But most of the rewards, most of the rewards are for the people that go out there and do that thing. They're the initiator. Instead of waiting for someone to choose them, they go out and choose other people to be around them. This is a huge behavioral shift that I personally am shifting right now. This is big, where you see someone and you just go initiate. Because then you become the initiator. Once you get over the first few times, of course, you'll get rejected, etc. 
but becoming the initiator, taking mastery and taking full responsibility over your own life is so huge. That wasn't even on that list, but hey, that's a great story. Okay. So going back to what I originally started this with is I have different goals than most people. I had a friend where I literally posted like something on Instagram two or three days in a row. I this guy at school came up to me and was like, bro, why are you posting on Instagram so much? I have a different goal. I have a completely different goal. My goal is to build a following because you have to in these days. And there's a lot more reasons also. I think it'd be so cool for my children and grandchildren to be able to look back and see, oh gosh, that's our dad or that's our grandfather. And see the things I was thinking about when I was their age, see the struggles, see, so I can be like, all the time, my parent say, oh yeah, I remember doing that. And like the kids never believe parents whenever parents say, oh yeah, I went through the exact same thing. Imagine being able to show them, boom, this is the history. This is how I thought. How cool would it be to be able to go back and see your parents, your great grandparents, etc., and see all their thoughts, all the things that they thought about as they went. How cool would that be? That'd be incredible. But people don't think about social media in that way that much. So completely other side tangent for you once again. I have different goals for social media, so I'm going to be cranking up the content. I'm thinking about for six weeks straight, trying to put out two pieces of content a day. That is 84 pieces of content. We'll see how this goes. I need to commit to something. Probably going to be that six-week challenge by, I think his name is Tom something on Instagram. Uh, he's great. Uh, let's see. I've already done that. I've done that. How to win friends and influence people 101. Don't criticize people. This is so hard to do, and I fail at it every single day, especially with siblings. But what good does criticism lead to? None. Criticism doesn't lead to any good. It'll make a person mad at you. It'll make you feel good for a second, but then we'll break that down, that relationship. Yes, there's a point to criticize to grow. If it has the end goal to grow, but just criticizing people because you're mad at them or because they messed up, that's not always a good way to go about things. There's other ways to approach things of if a person makes a mistake, but criticizing them is not the way. I need to learn this so much. And if you're one of my friends that are still watching about 30 minutes in, please, please tell me and like catch me when I'm criticizing people. people classmates, if I'm criticizing classmates, catch me. If I'm criticizing people around me, catch me. That's one thing about high school that I don't like is how much everyone's criticizing everything. And that's just humans, of course. I'm not mad at people for doing that. But there's a certain level where I, I don't want to criticize people. Most people are genuinely good and nice people when you let them be. But if you're constantly putting them on the defensive or attacking them, they're just going to resign. They're not going to do anything because they're scared. People are afraid of rejection. They're afraid of being mocked. And criticizing people do both of those things. So don't criticize people as much as you can. And that leads into the people you surround yourself with are so important. I've always felt stuck in this capacity because I'm in a very small circle at school. My school is very small. I'm in a very small circle at church because it's just one church. My dad's a pastor there. Love it. 
but it's a very small circle of especially youth. And besides that, I really don't have that many people outside there. I have quite a few friends in other places, but it's just not people I see every single week. And at the same time, the people that are in those places are not the kinds of people that I will be associating with for the rest of my life. So it's a completely different approach to friends that I have. Because you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. That's very, very true. And when I surrounded myself with like the guys that were just like messing around, didn't care about anything, just having fun, they would make a hobby out of like raiding people, etc. That was kind of how I thought. And I didn't like it that much. But then as soon as I stepped out and started hanging out with other people, your mind completely changes. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to refine the people I'm around. But then there's also this other saying, which is more modern, of course, which is you become much more of the average of the five people who co whose content you consume the most. And that is also extraordinarily true. For me, I think the people's content I consume the most is Tom something. I got to figure out his, his name. I'll find it really quickly. Um, Patrick Bet David. Nicholas Crystal. I think that's how I pronounce it. Shoot, I don't watch YouTube that much. <laughs> I used to watch so much YouTube. There was a time where I was constantly following um, Tate, uh, uh, Shooter, um, Jay Waller, Iman Gatsi, like all of these guys. There were so many people I was following, and I did nothing. Because there's a certain point where too much information creates information overload. I've already created a mini podcast on this. Oh. Okay. This is something that is completely lacking in our culture today. It is very simple. It is the idea of service without expecting anything back in return. Like everyone else, I've been a complete culprit of doing things just to get back what you want in the end. But that's not the way that I don't think I don't think God wants us to do that. I don't think it's the best way for society or even for yourself personally. I my mom and I have talked about this many times, but she thinks I have the gift of service. I love to go and help people no matter what, except when I'm around the wrong kinds of people. If I'm around the wrong kinds of people, then I don't want to do it. But when I'm alone, I'll just like, oh, can someone do this? Yep, I can go do it. And just trying to serve is something that I feel like it's beaten out of you by your friends, which is not good. And I really think that there's so much to be learned by just serving unconditionally. Serving unconditionally can be so good for you, for everyone around you, because you can't you can't serve and say, like, I'm going to do this for you, and then expect something back in return. That's not how anything works. That's how human nature sometimes works. But... I don't think that the goal should be to get something from another person whenever you do something good. The goal should be just to serve people and let God take care of the rest. Like, serve people. If you have an option, like, if you're standing in a room talking to someone and someone's like, hey, can someone do something? Volunteer. Just go do it. This is something that I, once again, if you're a friend of mine, family member still watching this, call me out if I'm being selfish. Because service is so important and I want to grow in that skill for myself because I feel like that will be a huge benefit to me and everyone around me.
And yeah, let me check if there's anything else. Actually, let me find the name of that guy or not. Let's not do that right now. Okay. So there's a few things I've been thinking about recently. There's some skills that I think everyone... Let's restart that. There's some skills that I think are extraordinarily important to everyone, and these are skills that I'm personally focusing on on working. One is speaking ability. If you are comfortable speaking to people or speaking in front of a crowd to a camera, that is so, so important. Learning how to write copywriting and learning how to write good scripts, learning how to write books, learning how to write tweets, etc., is so important in today's world because so many people are unable to write, especially with the rise of AI. People are not going to be able to know how to write. I want to learn how to write. Of course, I have turned in, I think, one assignment that was fully a chat GPT. I've turned in one school assignment that way, but I'm not going to do that again because the goal of school is to educate you with a skill set, or at least that's how I've always thought of it. We've had class discussions that not everyone thinks that way, but to build you up with a skill set. And if you're cheating yourself out of building a skill set of learning how to write, that's huge. So I'm not going to use ChatGPT at all. I don't use it at all for school because I'm trying to learn how to write better. Of course, I'll use it for other stuff, for fun, for writing demo emails, etc. Editing, like that stuff, I use it for. But like, you need to learn how to write, to how to actually communicate in words, and not just rely on, "Hey, I need an essay on this thing right here." That just makes you stupid and normal. Another thing, I think a lot of number three, the third thing that I think people need to learn, and the skills that I'm focusing on is promoting yourself you have to be on social media no matter how much people hate it you need to be on social media to build brands if you want to become very very successful if you don't want to become very very successful feel free not to you can do live your life however you want that's none of my business telling you how to live but this uh mr wonderful from shark tank he used to say there's three degrees that you should get when you go to college Engineering, engineering, and engineering. Now what he's saying is learn to edit, learn to film, learn sound design, learn how to script, learn how to write, learn how to create content, learn how to be on camera because everything is switching to attention. Our economy has been attention-based for a while, but it's moving even farther that way than we've ever thought. Number four. This is one I really need to work on, but it is humor and having a sense of humor because as AI automates so much and as it takes so many of the writing tasks away, being able to be humorous and stuff, being able to joke around with an audience, being able to communicate in a way that is humorous that people enjoy is going to be so lacking because the amount of YouTube channels and people that are going to pop up that are literally just reading scripts written by AI is going to be insane. But if you can figure out how to engage humor and authenticity, it's going to be huge. Back to authenticity in a second, because that's actually an interesting topic. And no, 
Number five, another massive one I need to improve on is relationship skills. Everything is built by a group of people in the end. I've always felt like school teaches you how to be alone, how to take tests alone, how to operate alone. But when you think about it, in the end, we're all working as a team. All the great projects are solved by people working as a team, not just someone lone wolfing it. Everything is about team, the people around you, everything. And building relationships and building quality relationships leads to happiness and so much more. That focus on relationships is something that I'm really trying to focus on. And those are just a few things. Back to authenticity. This is a very interesting topic I found because people think of like authenticity of being your true self, of course. But one, if you're authentic, not everyone's going to like you and you can't make everyone like you. I guarantee, like, if I put this entire podcast or show on a billboard in New York City that audio, there'd be so many people that'd be pissed about that because they don't like what I'm saying. But when you are a people pleaser, you are extraordinarily, extraordinarily inauthentic. Because if everyone is your friend, no one is. And you're not being yourself. Because people are going to dislike parts about you. Someone who is authentic is very dangerous. Because they know who they are. They know the type of people that they want to attract to be around them. And they're not going to compromise. And I see so much compromising around me all the time. Compromising of who a person is. Just to change, just to get another friend. Also, I have no idea if the phone camera is still going because it was at 80-something percent. And we've been going for now for 43 minutes or something. So authenticity is something that I think we need to work on. I'm working on and spend a lot of time reading the Bible. Sometime reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Fantastic book. But the combination of the two is a very great time. Overall... I've had a lot of fun doing this. This is just a mind dump of the past few days of what I've been thinking about. I'm, I have a lot of more stuff to work on, but thank you for watching if you've made it this far. And have a great day. And if you made it this far, what should I name this? Because I don't know if the Caleb Fender Show is the best name. Who knows? But thank you for watching. Bye-bye.